in his white naval uniform. This aviator rescues people from the choppy waters of the Arabian Sea and flies dignitaries with a pleasant smile permanently etched on his face that you just can't miss noticing. But what you will surely not notice is his leg, a wooden leg. In our episode 9 of season 2, we welcome Captain Uday Kumar Sodhi, Shaurya Chakra, Indian Navy, where he shares his story of rising from the ashes. In our podcast, Call of Duty, Real Soldiers, Real Stories, today, join us to listen to this conversation in two parts with the naval officer who forced the Indian forces to rewrite their rule book and permit him to soar in the blue skies and become one of the world's only pilot flying with a wooden leg in conversation with my co-producer Unam Joshi. Welcome to Call of Duty, Real Soldiers, Real Stories. And as we have promised, every time we come with a hero and we have Captain Uday Kumar Sondhi, Shaurya Chakra from the Indian Navy. Welcome, sir. Thank you for this great honor that you have given today. So to begin with, I always am very curious to know about the childhood because I feel the seed is sown when you're a little baby. Could you tell us something about your childhood? I was born on 21st March 1963 in Jabalpur. So it was a very small family, a nucleus family, me and my brother. And uh, mother was extremely highly educated uh, and father was also very highly educated and a very good government job. So the childhood was totally in a convent St. Aloysius High Secondary School. So it was more like a practical upbringing of outdoor and indoor. Secondly, uh, I was quite good in studies, there's no doubt about it. And uh, apart from that, uh, I was also a very playful boy uh, where uh, the rule of the house was very simple. Once the street lights are on, you're back in the house. So that discipline was a fantastic discipline in the house which any child rewards. So I was also one of them, but then today I realize that uh, these are the basic uh, discipline in the house which make or break the character of a Child. Oh, so I see that from the very beginning, uh, you were a nice and naughty boy. You took, I think, challenges. You were very intelligent. So all good things were in your favor. How did this uh, Navy happen? So when I joined the college, the Government Science College in the BSc section, so that at the time we had an NCC uh, C certificate of the Naval Wing in the college. And uh, as usual, like uh, studies were never a criteria, never a problem for me. So I was in the first division always. And uh, just to have a get out from the house, you know, on Sunday, because on Sunday is the only day when you, you know, from morning you can take the shoes of going to NCC and, you know, leave your house like any teenager does. I was also one of them only. So that was one of the main reasons. The attraction was the uniform, attraction was, you know, like after the parade, you get a lot of snacks and uh, plus you get in touch with a lot of friends. Uh, joining the Navy was not a criteria at all. It was, like I said, it was all fun and games. But then when it comes to professionalism, then there's no compromise. My name is still endorsed in, this, uh, in that NCC unit in Jawalpur. 
my principle is take the men along. So I think so that was one of the reasons of NCC after I passed. Uh, 1983 I passed NCC. So that expired in 81. So brother also left the house immediately after his graduation, and it was me and my mother. And uh, as usual, she never put any restrictions. And uh, that is the time like uh, not to leave her alone. I cracked my state bank of India exam in the first go. So, but then these guys they posted me to Katni, which is another one half from Jawalpur. So I tried my level best to get my posting to Jawalpur, and that would have been the case, and I wouldn't have joined the defence. And today the destiny I wouldn't have been sitting and talking to you. <laughs> so it so happened that the state bank refused, and uh, then simultaneously I had appeared for this. Uh, The naval entrance also had the first shot I cracked it. So now the option was either you join the navy or you join the state bank. So mother being you know again very uh, neutral lady, so she said no, beta, you don't join the defence. And that's where I put the state bank of India's results on the side and I joined the navy. Oh wow! So destiny took you towards the Indian Navy. But let me know something about the training that you had. Can you narrate something very? Interesting that you faced when you were in the academy. Yes, uh, academy training was absolutely different from the college life. Because I remember the college, you know, you had long hair. You know, the shoes were specially designed to create that tap 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 sound on the corridors. And used to enter the classroom, and the last seat was always booked for me. And uh, all those six, seven pretty girls used to be in the front row, and all the boys used to be sitting, you know, and I used to be the last fellow. But then you know that was the college life. Where, you know you had all the friend circle. For me, it was like you know the college was having a total a good uh, life. But studies every day. Without that, there's no question of sleeping. So that is where when I joined the Naval Academy in Kochi, it was that time. So the first day when I landed up, you know, with that big hero degree. So I had a trunk with me which asked for specifications. You know, the the person who was on duty that time was there. He looked at me. He said, "Ah, my hero, where did he come from?" I said, "Sir, I've come to join the Indian." The Naval Academy. So he says, SSP passed here. I said, yes, sir. That's why I'm here. So there was a rope, a big rope. So he said, can you see the rope? I said, yes. He said, George, Charlie, I was too far. Imagine in my full dress with my shoes and everything. So I climbed up. I mean, we climbed up the very difficulty. I climbed up that, you know, rope. So on top, and I climbed up. So I couldn't sustain for more than a few seconds on top. So from there, we came sliding down. And by the time I reached the ground, there was a barber standing over there. And that guy and that barber made me sit on the trunk of mine, and with a zero machine, he knocked out the entire hair of mine. And that was the first time I realized that I've become a monkey of this country now. And that was, you know, the first exposure to the armed forces. And by the time I reached my room, I had nearly fifteen uh, books as big as Ramayana and Gita uh, in front of me, which I was now supposed to be studying. So the first thing that came in my mind was that इतनी पढ़ाई करनी थी तो IAS पास नहीं कर लेता। So that is what one of the first exposure I had, and after that, every day I don't think so I got even one or two hours to sleep because the training was so tough. So this is where uh, like I don't think so I slept for more than one or two hours, and there was not a single part in my body which was left of bruises. But then end of the day, you know, I successfully and uh, I was in the Academy also, I was in the running for the first sword. One night only, they had to give the sword to some other friend of mine. But that's okay. That's part of life. So that's where the Naval Academy training was. So what I can understand is that uh, the Naval Academy was training you, hardening you, and probably a training uh, is 
the reason of you being what you are today i also like to ask you another thing that you got commissioned in uh, july 85 and then you got your wings in december 87 so in just a span of around 3 uh, years there was a major incident that happened in your life it was the 15th of april 1989 while you were flying ajit the fighter aircraft i want to listen to that part of the story see 15th april 1989 in the morning technically if you see again we call of destiny i was not supposed to fly that day but i had flown on 14th at flown on 13th at flown on 12th at flown on 11th april so i was off i didn't even change my uniform that day in the overalls of flying so at 6 o'clock in the morning in air force station kalaikonda that is 140 km short of calcutta in west bengal and uh, that is a place where you know my boss he was on the corridor running around you know whatever pilots that he had planned they all got busy or somebody was not well and all that it just so happened that you know there was nobody available to go for a good combat sortie with him and i had done the same thing on 14 13 12 11 continuously so then when he looked at me you know so he in fact i was sitting in the cafeteria enjoying my anda bread because i knew i'm not going to fly so i was enjoying it and that at the time the boss told me he said how are you feeling i said i'm perfectly fine sir so he said then you're lucky guy he said let's go for a sortie and uh, let's carry out once again the same uh, trail of combat against a specified target and we'll come back and at that time i left my food which is not correct as per the our mythology also they should never leave food from the table but then you know that time uh, we don't realize so i just jumped out ran when happiness you know changed my dress did the briefing everything and we took off while finishing the whole sortie uh, we were coming back and there was a time uh, like uh, the boss told me his call sign was bazooka and i was also bazooka 2 so he said bazooka 1 and bazooka 2 we went in a single formation separated ourselves but he was supposed to come and land first and then i was supposed to come so i was just two three minutes away from him so that was a time when i was over the township of kalaikonda you know joining the very strong village over there next to the fe i experienced a complete hydraulic failure of my aircraft so that hydraulic failure is something where you know it's a very very major emergency it is like an engine failure you can say it's that serious emergency but the engine was there but the hydraulics had gone so controlling the aircraft is like next to impossible so the only option left was to eject and uh, i don't know that 13 seconds which i was there in my mind the first thought came of the ejection for which i gave a call also to the adc saying that eject 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 but then i don't know what happened in those microseconds that you know my mind came that you know i am a pilot i am flying you know and that's the time if uh, i eject this aircraft become like a misguided missile it can you know it can act from 3000 feet it can come down it can hit a any guy i mean a school it can hit a college it can hit a hospital it can hit a common man and i don't know how come the microseconds that thought came in my mind yeah you know i am flying it is my machine how can i body cause kill somebody else down i'll eject i'll come down safely in my helicopter in my parachute but then suppose the aircraft goes and falls in a school and you have another 100 200 children dying i mean it is humanly impossible for a person to survive after that with that guilt you know so maybe that you know again the childhood training the college training the forces training that you know whatever happens to you nothing should happen to the civilians the country comes first and we come the last and that is the thought process which came in my mind so i just saw an open field so since they told hydraulic failures so you have to use both your hands in trying to control the aircraft for limited to control that you have so that was the time i took both my hands and struggled as much as i could with the aircraft and just turned the direction of the aircraft towards the open field and uh, the last thing i remember was 
if i remember it makes me nostalgic is that you know i just uh, prayed my mom because she was alive that time she expired in 96 so i told her i said mom i think so my life with you was only for so long i'm off now so that was you know my last uh, thought and i went for the crash landing i said so i thought you know i'll crash and uh, i'll suffer because the open field is there so only i'm going to be damaged nobody else will be damaged but then we got here because that is where i should pray also <laughs> and when i crashed uh, whatever best crash landing i could do so that you know the aircraft doesn't hit the nose it hits as per the landing procedure only but then it was really uh, 800 meet you know i think so 800 feet or 900 feet or 1000 feet you know the aircraft just you know it just snake around on the ground everything had broken off and when it stopped uh, the canopy had blown off i didn't know you know actually i was actually shocked you know i said you know when i opened my eyes i couldn't believe that i'm still alive i shook my neck first i said hey neck is okay i shook my back i said back is also okay i shook my hands and legs everything was okay so i couldn't believe you know yes i didn't know that even you see the destiny was there a canopy is always connected to the a frame of the aircraft with a 14 inch wire so when the canopy is ejected it's a very simple mechanical procedure for a pilot when he when he operates the canopy the wind flow takes the canopy away and the 14 inch cable it shoots up the uh, you know the booster rocket boosters and 80 feet per second it leaves the aircraft it goes up you know it is 1500 feet high and uh, then the seat separates the drop parachute comes and the main parachute comes and you come down that's the procedure of ejection in my case imagine the complete canopy flew off with that impact on the ground and still the seat did not fire can you believe it you know i can't <laughs> and that that time like uh, when the whole aircraft stopped uh, i felt heat coming from the back and uh, i just looked at the back the whole aircraft was in flames so immediately i unstrapped myself and on from the right hand side since ajit is a small aircraft where you can jump in and jump out comparatively although you both side in the ladder normal but in emergency you can jump out so that that time i jumped from the left hand side but to my horror with this impact my left ankle had snapped so the left ankle that snapped uh, not the foot of mine was absolutely hanging on flesh inside the boot so between the airframe and the joystick of the fighter aircraft my foot got stuck and i was completely on my back hanging outside just about 2 or 3 feet from the ground outside and uh, my leg is you know snapped stuck inside the cockpit between the airframe the rudders and the joystick and the whole body outside the aircraft hanging from the canopy ulta my back is on the canopy and i'm outside and you can't even cart feel inside because the leg is not there the foot is not there and that's the time i didn't know what to do you know i saw the flames coming from the back i tried my level best to save myself as much as i could but it's just humanly impossible in the meantime because of the crash and everything whose over the surrounding uh, villages uh, surrounding people are there in the on all the buildings now they all started tearing down uh that was and you know the flames came and then i avoided the first the flames caught my left chest then it caught my left hand then the flames caught my left leg then it caught my whole body <laughs> so somehow i was trying to save my face you know and that you can see <laughs> so it was nothing wrong my face in the right hand side only the right hand was outside and i was telling all these people over there shouting screaming that please pull me out please pull me out but then who comes here burning it you know ekra burning is a burning inferno you know so somebody came up with a big sword somebody came up with a big uh, you know like uh, axe or something to chop my leg only from wherever they could and i'm shouting screaming don't cut my leg don't cut my leg from god's sake and i'm burning can you imagine person burning 
I was in flesh and I could smell my own flesh. And the whole body was getting charged with the, you know, the whole, uh, and it was like, you know, from the body, the flames were coming out from 10, 20 feet up, you know. So like, just like, the first time I was in Sati, that was the same thing. I was in Sati. Again, destiny was there. There were two Bhattacharya brothers. I must say, God only comes in form of human beings. They came with those uh, blankets and all. And hats off to those two boys, you know, despite that whole cockpit burning and, you know, my whole body burning with a third degree already, they traced my leg in that burning inferno. Imagine, karo, tandoor ke andar heart dal rahe hain. So that's the time they traced my foot down, they unlocked it. And in the meantime, the second brother was there, he was pulling my hand from the other side. The moment my foot got unlocked, he just dragged me out of the aircraft. The same helicopter that I'm flying today was absolutely hovering on top, but he couldn't land. The simple reason was that uh, if he lands and the aircraft explodes, he'll also go. So they dragged me, my whole body was in flame, burning like an inferno, and they took me at least 50 feet away from the aircraft. And whatever mud was there on the ground, they put all that mud on my body. That is what caused, you know, caused the septicemia in the long run, the gangrene. And that poor boy, that Bhattacharya boy who put his hand inside his, although, you know, his uh, body was safe, but his hand was on the blanket. But his hands and all also got, you know, at least, uh, you can say, first degree burns. So once they pulled me out away from the thing, they you know, doused my fire with just mud. So that at that time, the helicopter landed from a distance and they put me, by then I had totally black, you know, like I was still awake. But my whole body was like ash. Whole ash means ash because you have anti-G suit, you have a flying suit. Except my face and my right hand, everything had gone. <laughs> everything had gone. So somehow they just picked me up in pieces and they put me inside the aircraft. And then Bhattacharya brother, they put water everything on him. Uh, and uh, when the helicopter took off, the aircraft blasted off. So it was again a destiny. <laughs> so then that's how the crash took place. And thereafter, immediately the helicopter took off. And in the helicopter also, when I was there, the pilots were shivering like anything. And I was telling the pilot, I said, Dr. Kiksa, fly Gallo, but I was accident, you are not watching it. So he was saying, Sir, you are dying and you are still in the sense of humor. So when I went to the hospital also, uh, directly to Command Hospital, Calcutta, the helicopter landed in the in the, in the in the hospital. And by then all arrangements had been made, you know, for the immediate uh, treatment of mine in the burn centers and all. But when the when the doctors saw my condition on 15th April, they said there's no question of the chap surviving me for the 16th. I must tell you something that I have goosebumps right now. And I also want to mention here that two of my beliefs have been reinforced. The first is the grace that comes from the Almighty above. Because that grace flows and it was there with you. And the second is the love of the mother. And your good deeds. Because such a young officer taking such a strong decision of putting his own life in danger to save the others. And after this, I know that you went through a lot, your medical treatments. It took you almost a year to become shape fan. And then the fight for, you know, going back to the cockpit. It is a long fight and you fought it all with a sense of humor. I would like to listen to you about your um, medical condition. Tell us about that. Yes, you know, so from the aircraft, from the helicopter, when they evacuated me, they took me straight away to the hospital and there all the preparations already made ready for my for my receiving over there. And uh, that at the time when they took me in the burn centers and all in that, you know, ICCUs and all that, 
So the doctors literally mother put up the hand saying that you know there's nothing left in the body for this chap to survive now. So they sent all those telegram that time we had only telegram issues we never had these whatsapps and all that. So the telegram went to my mother my brother everybody you know that you know that he's on the last day you can come and have a look at him. So obviously everybody dashed from wherever corner of the you know country they could come. So on the 16th of April there were nearly 15 16 relatives of mine surrounding me. Imagine in a burn center in with this condition no hospital under the sun permits you to be around a burn case because of infection because even the even the breath that we take is for infection so that the time i used to open my eyes hardly for 2 or 3 seconds and i used to tell my mom ke mom tell the doctor to start the treatment i'm not going to die so that is where the doctor used to just smile and off you know thinking the child is going to be in a bananas and on 16th of the 19th day so that the time doctor realized the baba is not going to die <laughs> so that so that the time then actually matlab you know they started uh, whatever i mean best they could do but i'm really thankful to the indian air force that time who airlifted air marshal chahal from delhi in an an32 and air marshal chahal was the senior most orthopedic surgeon of asia that time he was specially airlifted from delhi for my case and then the 19th and 20th two days air marshal chahal was only in the operation theater with me trying his devil best to somehow bypass all my veins arteries and get the blood supply remove the dead cells and save my leg but then on 20 21st morning he came and told me no uncertain doubt he said son 40 years now it has been that i have been only cutting hands and legs so he said i can tell you with your resilience that you have not died so far that let me cut your leg now and believe me you will come back in life and that is my experience talking of 40 years so i just looked at him as a sir life will finish he said no he says i have been seeing you for last 3 uh, 4 days the way you are fighting every day when all of us have given up hope he says you will come back now that is where experience of such a you know, seasoned uh, doctor speaks so i said he has a cut my leg and you won't believe uh, he got the form and i in that condition whatever little bit of jiggly puri signature i could do i signed myself on the form to cut my leg the whole body of mind you know burns me and then uh, 21st go uh, they took me in operation theater and in the evening when i came back to my senses in the ward of my i saw a different person without a leg so that is where you know the life actually changed i don't know you know i had what he calls myself signed the form and i reconciled to the fact that when i get up in the after my operation i'm going to be without a leg believe me i never ever faced any phantom feeling apart from my complete hospitalization period which was one hell of a place third degree torture was something which is a very small thing to talk uh, the pain and all you know like my complete half my body was hanging on slings and i was always on 45 degree angle on the right side because the only part which was left in my body was the right chest and my right hand so they had to take me to 45 degrees continuously and that was till 20th august i was like this so you know when these people used to come for my dressing Uh, because obviously burns was there in the hand chest legs everywhere so what happened was the four in number those staff used to come and uh, they used to have uh, you know some 20 20 liters of saline water with them now they get the bisley cans like that way and uh, they used to open my mouth and put a gross piece of nearly you know 6 inches thickness they used to put a green color cloth that is a small line cloth which was in my body only here you know saving my private parts and all they used to put it on my face and uh, then they used to pin me down from wherever they could you know put their uh, pressure on which was not burnt 
and uh, then the two number or three number percent they start used to peel off my skin. It is like those uh, movies when you see when you get stuck with all those anti-social elements and how they torture you. So that is the time you know I have gone through that stage you know so after they used to peel off my entire body wherever the skin used to be peeled off they used to wash its line and all and the raw body used to be seen raw means raw. So that is the time like after that then again you know they used to take me to operation theater and after that they used to do the skin grafting that whatever body part was left for removing the skin. Now after this complete uh, dressing you know I the whole gauze piece used to be cut more or less in half cut because of pain. and i used to be vibrating for 10 minutes my temperature used to shoot up to 104 105 and i was in the burn center with at least three air conditioners of two times each so like ice i was staying in i used to be sweating from head to toe and they used to keep holding me that way but then you know after another 30 minutes or so i used to be again back to normal and i used to ask these boys i said yaar abhi wali kab karoge so you see i you know and this continued for nearly 3 months not one or two days I was eight times in the operation theater in general anesthesia. You do general anesthesia. I hope people understand. It's not like a local anesthesia. In general anesthesia, even once or twice, if you go, it is like you know you're asking for the last day of your life. And I was for eight times. In fact, uh, the seventh time when they took me, uh, the, the procedure was to take me inside the operation theater and knock me down by giving anesthesia. Then the doctors would come. In the seventh time, I told the nurse and everybody over there, I said, please, yeah. Let me have a look. You know what doctors do? This is sir. I said, let it be. This is the seventh time I'm coming now. And that's the time the doctors came. They were surprised to see me, and I'm still awake. They say, so I told doctor, I said, sir, I only told them don't knock me off. I want to see the procedure that you follow. That was only command hospital. I mean, the journey of the Ashishan Jain Center is different altogether. Fortunately, I recovered. So going through the trauma of seeing yourself without a leg, hanging on a sling from the ceiling because you had burns. and still having a sense of humor to boost up the morale of the doctors and the staff this is a quality only the bravest of the brave possess the journey ahead for captain oday sondi was tough tougher than you and i can even fathom but like they say when the going gets tough the tough gets going with a smile he endured it all to listen to the second part of the story which we will air in the month of may do stay tuned don't forget to share and subscribe our podcast and for any other query do write to us at podcastcallofduty@gmail.com